Welcome back to That's Debatable. Here, we break down a controversial world issue. Then, we use evidence and research to debate both sides. The world is a complicated place, and we help you to make sense of it. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back to That's Debatable. I'm Miles Avalos. And I'm Creed Finnefrock. And I just wanted to remind you that what we say on this show is not necessarily uh, the opinions and beliefs of KMIH 88 and The Bridge, or the opinions and beliefs of us ourselves. Uh, Alright, let's get into this week's topic. Miles, what so, are we going to talk about? So today we'll be debating if the political parties should decide the candidate that represents them in the general election. So, in other words, should the primaries decide which candidate from the Republican and Democratic parties go on to the general election, or should the leaders of the party themselves decide? So until the 1970s in America, the system that was in place was that each party would uh, have a delegation. They would send delegates to a convention to decide who the candidates would be that would represent them. And the voters got some input, like they sometimes had primaries, but these primaries weren't legally binding. So the party could still choose someone else, even if other people were winning the primaries. And this all changed in 1968 because... The person that the Democrats chose was Lyndon B. Johnson's former vice president, Hubert Humphrey. And so now the issue was that he was pro-war. And that was a problem because the party itself, the people that comprised the party, were becoming more anti-war. This was during like the Vietnam War. And so for the 1972 election, in response to what happened, the Democrats changed it so that whoever the public voted for in the primaries had to represent the party. So they made primaries legally binding. So when that happened, the Republicans also had to do the same because anytime one side gives people more power, the other side will have to follow suit. So the first argument I want to make for why we should go back to the way it was before and put the parties back in control is that the parties are going to have a better idea of how policy works and how being in office works. I think we should allow like the more professional people to decide who represents them because it is their party after all. Currently, we choose the candidate often that has the best personality or best charisma who appeals to the public more from like a showbiz standpoint. And we don't always choose necessarily the most qualified candidate because we're not behind those doors. We don't have access to that information that they would use to decide. Yeah. And one of the things that many people say who are against that is that it's supposed to be the people voting in the first place, right? The people want uh, whoever they think is the best. And sometimes if it's someone that ends up not being great, there's natural consequences that come with that. But having the option for people to be voting for whoever they think is the best uh, helps represent the majority of people. Another thing that's an interesting idea that people brought up is what if instead of choosing just a singular person to represent the party uh, after the primaries is instead everybody is ranked by voters and then, you know, the voters say like, hey, these are my top five people. And then based off of those rankings, then the top two within that party move on to a second second uh, general election or something like that. They have a debate uh, or multiple debates and then people can decide from there 
who they really want as their favorite. Um, I think, honestly, at that point, that would be able to get more people seeing what each person's ideas are, and it would represent people's views a little better. And that's why many people are against reverting it back to the old ways, is they want to feel like their their vote is making a difference. And uh, if, you know, the way it was changed, that would also create more opportunity. So that so you would want that implemented in the primaries, possibly? Yeah, possibly. That's That's a suggestion that's been made. Got it. I get where you're coming from with that, but back to like the main topic, I think that elections have just become too much of like a show business, you know, like in primaries, when you have 10, sometimes 20 people on stage at once, there's not really a good way for the people to know who to vote for because everyone's saying pretty similar things. They're not going to have knowledge of who can run, who can run a party better. That's not something that's very clear on stage when there's 20 people like the only thing you're going to be basing it on is who has the best one-liners or <laughs> things like that yeah best roasts yeah <laughs> um yeah well that's that's another issue um but i think if it was played out so that there were multiple different primaries where you could focus in um and it, there wasn't just like one or two big ones going on but if there were multiple ones where it was a smaller group of people maybe let's say three to five um, and then they all were going on and then you could check in on all of them and actually get more of a, a view. Uh, let's say they had the same amount of runtime. That means more talking time for each candidate, uh, which means more of their views can be shown. And then everyone could, let's say, choose their favorite from each of the certain primaries. And then at that point vote for who they want running. Now that, that would be something that, you know, that way the voters still influencing it, but also understanding more about who's who the, who they're voting for so you think having like five people at a time and then instead of like 20 because 20 obviously 20 and 10 is obviously <laughs> way too much like no one can focus yeah um but if if it was between three and five people and also another thing that a lot of people are wanting to do is instead of having just the main two-party system kind of with republicans and democrats running everything um having some of the smaller parties be able to get on a somewhat similar stage uh, and be able to run, uh, you know, alongside the Republicans and Democrats. You know, obviously Republicans and Democrats are probably going to still run everything in a sense where, like, they're going to be the main, but at least it's going to be able to incorporate some of the other parties. So it's not like, you know, during the presidential debates, the independents or whatever are, are just kind of sitting there off to the side like, hey, we can't say anything because they didn't get invited. I think the problem with splitting it up would be I think the reason that people tune in, in in the first place is because of the drama. So I think if you put it down to like five and then have like four times as many debates, then that makes it less of a climactic event and people aren't going to tune in because it's just a normal thing now. It's not, it's not that interesting. And so you might get people that are better informed, but you also might get less people. So that's a balance you have to weigh. Yeah, I mean, be- better informed people... Um, and less voters versus people who are only there for one-liners and more voters. That's kind of where it is at this point, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's definitely a balance that we need to find if, if, if that does go into play. For sure. So one of the problems we have in America's political ecosystem today is that our political parties are pretty weak compared to some of the other countries. 
So what that means is that the parties don't necessarily have a coherent vision of what they want. For example, in the Democratic Party, you have people like Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden, both in the same party. And what they want are very different things. Joe Biden's obviously a lot more moderate, whereas Bernie Sanders more ext- or more out there. <laughs> I don't know how to say that nicely, <laughs> but the problem Further with that, left. Yeah. that... That's a way to go with it. Yeah. Further left. Yeah. <laughs> so the problem with that is that it makes it harder to, to pass legislation because one side's going to be like, no, that's too moderate. And the other's going to be, that's too, too far left. And so, yeah, it makes it harder to pass legislation. So that's one of the problems that I think could be fixed by putting the parties back in control to a greater extent, because if we give parties control of the nomination for their party, then they'll be forced to rally around a certain, a certain person. And so if the Democratic Party chose Joe Biden to be their lead, then everyone would have to accept that and promote that because that is what their party is offered. Whereas now we have people just trying to appeal to the public, not necessarily to the party. I think if we get everyone to appeal to their party first, and have the party be the one appealing to the public, then I think that would make the party stronger and it would give more direction in our politics and policy shaping. One issue with that is it takes out a lot of the voters' ability to influence what's going on in the party. And I think having some of those separate views actually creates a better idea of what the people want. Um, Seeing that within a party, there's a lot of different views um, from moderate to more extreme, you could say, that that helps the voter see, like, uh, this is where I am on that spectrum. Here's who represents me the most. And in the end, the more people are going to find that one who's like, this represents me the most, and then they're able to vote down to whoever that is. And also, it's not like a party... A party is not supposed to be fluid on every single thing. Uh, having a basic understanding of what each party wants is good, and I think the parties currently do have that. But, you know... Another way that you could solve that would just be splitting up into tons of mini parties, but I don't think anyone wants that because it's too much, too much to look into at that point, right? So if you just held it in, you know, uh, the main parties it has now, it, it's not really a big problem, I'd say. Well, I think that splitting up into several parties could actually be beneficial. Like you look at Britain's parliament system, they're a lot more divided than we are. They have, they have like a bajillion different parties, some with only like five or six people, but some have like hundreds or like dozens. It, it all depends. I think that is a system that could work and it probably would be necessary if we were to go back to the way that things were. You could, like, as I was saying earlier, if you have two different camps in the Democratic Party, you could split that up into like less liberal Democrats and more liberal, more liberal Democrats. Yeah. I, I think that would that would smooth things along. Yeah, and then we'd have to change our entire election process again yeah. to include every single party, and then the debates would be more difficult. And I think the American people would become a little less interested because there's so much going on going on all at once, um, and so they'd have a little bit harder time figuring out, you know, who exactly they want to vote for. And uh, then for elections, we'd have to have like here's 20 different people that you could vote for as president. And I don't think many people would like that. Yeah. I think we would have to change the mindset more in the public from you're voting for a candidate to you're voting for the party. So it would be 
you wouldn't have to like research all these different people. You would just research the party. So then would the candidate just become like a mouthpiece for the party? They would, yeah, they would be kind of the leader, the leader of the party in a way. Hmm. Interesting. So the party wouldn't govern over the person. It would be the person kind of runs that party. Well, so then you're, well, no, no, it would be, it would be like the party kind of governing the person. Okay. So then it is the person is like a mouthpiece for the government. I mean, I think it works both ways because you can be a leader, but still be influenced by the people you're getting. Okay, but then they need to have some sort of way to manage that to make sure that one doesn't overrule the other, necessarily. Yeah, I'm not sure how they would, like, decide. They would probably just have... Well, yeah, they just have to vote just on it. Just be like, all right, we'll split this 50-50. You know, I make 50% of the decision, <laughs> the party makes 50%. No. Yeah, but... I don't know, that would be... That seems very difficult to manage. I don't think it is, because you're saying, like, you have, like, 20 people. That's what we have right now. We have 20 people at once on the primary floor, on the debate floor. No, I was talking about, uh, like, the very end. Yeah, okay. Yeah. that That's once it yeah, gets yeah. hard when it's the final but What final I'm saying choices. is you only have, like, you probably only have four or five options at that point. We wouldn't split into, like, 15 different viable parties. Most likely there mm-hmm. will only be maybe four, maximum five, I would imagine, that would be... Some, so what, someone like, you could vote for. And so, so like moderate Republican, moderate Democrat, further to the left Democrat and further to the right Republican, and then just like some sort of center? <laughs> yeah, something like that, I would think. All right. I mean, that that's one way to do it. And then the debates would become a little bit more interesting. Yeah. yeah. And then I feel like people <laughs> would start to see, I guess, the center as more of a viable option because now it's really just one or the other. Mm. Um so that that could be something yeah. that, that could happen. And I think the point is the point is that you're getting the public to focus more on policy. So if you you don't have to get the public to learn like someone's entire backstory because it's not really about them as a person. It's more about their party. So if you can just get every if you can get like a majority of the public to know what each party is about, like the, their identities aren't going to change that much as time goes along. So if you just know what their policies are, you'll be in pretty good shape and you don't need to know a whole lot before you vote. Yeah, I think knowing the policies are definitely a good thing, but I think also knowing the person is a great thing too because someone could have good policies but be a completely horrible person. Except I I don't think the party would necessarily vote for someone that's a horrible person. I mean, we've seen times in the past where people have voted... For others that necess- aren't necessarily the greatest person. Even Do you want to give an example? Ideas. There's multiple examples. <laughs> Would you like to be political on our political Yeah, that's the, that's the problem. I'm not allowed to say exactly. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, but honestly, we can't trust people to always go with like, yeah, this guy's got uh, you know good views or whatever, but is a terrible person. I'm still going to vote for him because that, that's happened. Because it's like, I think in the last couple elections, we've had moments where it's like, ah, lesser of two evils. Mm. Um, and so if we can steer away from that, I think that would be a good thing to do. I, I think we would get away from the lesser two evils things if we have multiple parties, because any party that doesn't put out a candidate that people would be interested in is just going to fall behind the other parties, I think. Yeah, most likely that would be the case. So while we're on the topic with stronger political parties, I think one of the benefits of stronger political parties, as I said earlier, was that you're more likely to get legislation passed. And I think one of the one of the benefits about getting legislation passed isn't necessarily just just getting it passed for the sake of getting it passed because 
not all legislation is going to be good leg- legislation in the eyes of some people, but I think by by doing by passing legislation, you're letting the pu- you're showing the public what works and what doesn't. So and we you're also get- showing them that you're getting stuff done. Yeah, and like even if it's not even if it's not good, you at least learn something from it. Because sometimes what we have now is that both sides just want to block what the other what what the other side is doing. So if we can find ways to increase the amount of legislation that can be passed, we can experiment more and figure out what's a good direction to head to generally. Experimenting on a country is a little bit <laughs> dangerous mean, at times. Yeah, but I mean, everything's an experiment, you know? It's uh, an experiment America, to do nothing. <laughs> America is called the great experiment, right? Yeah. Like, originally, that's what we were. You know, so far, hopefully, it's going pretty well. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm okay with it so yeah. far. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's doing better than it has in the past, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Another problem with the system as it currently is, is that it promotes the idea of populism. Yeah, it comes from people not having to work within the party, appealing directly to the public instead of appealing to the party first and foremost. So the problem with populist candidates is that they don't give an accurate depiction, an accurate view of the real world. They stress this dynamic of the people versus the elites. And while that may be true in some cases, it's not always true to the level that they make it. They also they also try to assert the claim that they and they alone represent the will of the people or the silent majority. And so they, they might they might go against certain certain groups, whether it be by like ethnicity or social class. And populists also thrown to question the character of people who don't agree with them whether they're inside their party or outside their party. So that further complicates the process. And they're, and they're dangerous to democracy, I think, in that way, because they, they, throw, they throw into question others' character that don't necessarily deserve it. Yeah. Uh, one issue with that, though, is if we really just took that and ran with it, I mean, what would be the point in having the public vote anymore? Um, because, you know, if we want to get rid of that sort of appeal, which is one of the things that comes with having, you know, the people vote, um, then obviously if we get rid of that, uh, then whoever's voting would, would no longer see that, but then it would also be only people who are super elite in that sense who would just be voting. So it wouldn't really, you know, get, get the public in, in it anymore, if that makes sense. Well, I think I think it would reduce the chance of of a populist candidate because it would first have to go through the parties and they wouldn't want to elect a populist candidate because even though it might benefit or it probably wouldn't benefit them, but they might get the election, they would be screwing themselves over to get there because the populist candidate would then just try and make themselves the leader and discredit everyone else. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, so and, at that point, it's just voting for the party again instead of the candidate. Yeah. This might be like a little political, but a lot of people would say that Donald Trump is a populist candidate. And so for that reason, they wouldn't want them in office, wouldn't want him in office. And a lot of political scientists say that if the Republican Party had control of the nomination, that they wouldn't have voted for someone like Trump. They would have voted for someone like Jeb Bush, who would have been more part of the establishment yeah and that's fair to say i think i mean (laughs) most people probably agree with that yeah uh point of view um 
and you know once again with our show we just want to bring in as much information as we can and we aren't necessarily trying to choose a side now quickly one more point one more problem with the current electoral system as it stands is in the primaries there are often pretty low voter turnout and anytime you're significantly lowering like the sample size the people who are voting from your party you're increasing the chance that whoever gets nominated from that party isn't necessarily represented representative of who the people want to be elected. So one, some people have speculated, some political scientists have speculated that more extreme people are more likely to be elected in the primaries because those people are going to be more keen to vote whenever they have the chance, even in primaries, which aren't necessarily a popular time to vote. And so you might end up with more extreme candidates than what the entire party would vote for. Yeah, and I think at that point it's just, you know, fixing the public, as you said earlier, getting them more interested in the primaries, and then also uh, putting, I, I think by changing it so that, you know, the public can't vote in the primaries or whatever and choose who they want, that's that's actually might be even worse and lead back to the case uh, with Lyndon B. Johnson's uh, vice president, it was, um, where it's, you know, maybe the party chooses someone that has ideas that are way different from everyone else and who supports that party. Yeah, and at that point, that's why it's essential to have more parties than just two. Because if you have more parties than just two, it's less likely that you'll end in a situation where you don't have any other good options and where you're just stuck with what you got, even if it's not exactly who you want to elect. Yeah. And another another point is that currently 11 states have fully closed primaries, meaning that you can only vote for them if you're a registered Democrat or a registered Republican. And so people who may not be registered as those particular parties, they might not have a chance to vote. Yeah, and then any third party that tries to run in those places kind of gets, you know, screwed over in a sense where they they actually can't do anything um, and they don't have people voting for them. Yeah. Well, that ends it for this week's episode. Uh, We'd like to thank you for listening to us, and you can catch more of us on Spotify under the name That's Debatable, or you can listen to us on KMH 88.9 The Bridge at 7 a.m. on Thursday morning. Stay tuned to KMH 88.9 The Bridge, and have a good day.